What makes a life a good one? Is it the adventure you have? Or the friends you find along the way? Maybe it's pursuing your passion while striving to protect, defend, and save what you believe in every single day. So what makes a life a good one? In the Coast Guard, we think it's all of the above and more. But you'll have to find out for yourself. Visit GoCoastGuard.com to learn more. Former Huskers turning success in sport to success in business. This is Red to Black. Hey, this is Kyron Williams, and this is how I went from red to black. Let's dive in. Let's start this thing. Like, uh, so, uh, Kyron, thanks for being on our show. Um, the show is called Red to Black, and the purpose of this show is to talk to former Husker athletes who have gone on to become entrepreneurs, start their own business, uh, make big waves, and like you are making a big wave. Uh, and you've kind of turned uh, lemons into lemonade over this last year. And we'll get into that because, I, I you know, everybody was affected by COVID. Um, you were very heavily affected uh, by COVID. And mm. really, for a lot of people, might have, you know, really deterred them or stopped them in their career. And you've used yeah. it as a catalyst to not only move your business forward, but also make social change. We'll get to all that later in the show. <laughs> Like first I want to talk about, like, I want to talk about like your story. Like you come from Shreveport, like you end up in Nebraska, like mm-hmm. talk to us about like uh little Kyron in Louisiana. Like were yeah. you out like slinging lemonade, like in front of your yeah. house? Like, <laughs> like were you always entrepreneurial? Um, I, I don't, I wouldn't say I was always entrepreneurial, but I was always looking to, I was always looking for that newest thing. I was always looking for what people liked and I was always kind of in trying to be in the know. So whether it was clothes or the newest mongoose bike or the newest PS4, or like I got the GameCube before anybody got the GameCube, which turned out to really be a bust. And then like everybody else winning, everybody else went and got Xboxes. I went and got a Dreamcast, you know? So I was, I was always kind of the, I won out. And so like, but I always liked those different things. Uh, but football was kind of my football was my thing. And that's, kind of what I feel like I'll always brought everything together. Cause even though I was an eyeball, I was good at football. So they were like, Oh, we got to kind of like this kid. <laughs> um, so, <laughs> so it kind of, it, it, it kind of worked itself out. But uh, yeah, originally from Shreveport, Louisiana uh, was originally committed to Ole Miss and then, you know, tore my knee, kind of lost my scholarships. And then, you know, went to the air force Academy where um, I wasn't the most military guy, you know, and it, it was like, okay, am I going to do, am I going to march or am I, am I going to go play football? And so got the opportunity to come to Nebraska and then, you know, the rest was history from there. That's awesome. So like I, I've known you for a while. And one thing I've always recognized is how hard you work. Um, is that something that you, you had to learn or something that's always been with you early on? thing I learned is just from my my family just from my mom seeing my mom work really hard like when it was just me and her until I was like seven eight years old um you know she would pick me up she picked me up from daycare and then she'd go to work and then when she you know or she dropped me off and she go to work so I was always knowing her to be working either I was being with somebody and she was working or when I was with her I was only for a couple hours and she would go to work and so that's something that tapped me into saying okay well how can I give it back to her how, how how can I provide it to her and then that just turned out to be football and then after you know playing professionally and you know having to go through the ranks and then you know 
not knowing when the next time I was going to be able to get on the field again, I had to take that energy and put it somewhere. And it just so happened to be in my business. You know what I love about that is that a lot of times moms, uh, sometimes dads, but moms really are like, you know, I'm especially single moms. I don't know if your mom's a single mom or not, but just single moms yeah. in general, they're like, you know, I, I don't get to spend a lot of time with my, my, my kids because I'm working a couple, three jobs and it, they, it kind of not only bums them out, they think they're neglecting their kids, but you just, that's a great example of, she was such a great model for you on working hard to get what you need to do to take care of your family, to take care of your business. And look at, look at what it did for you. I mean, you're, that's, that's an incredible lesson your mom taught you. And she probably didn't even realize she was teaching you that you're just watching her work hard to provide for you. Yeah. Yeah. And it, 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 it translates into the game. So I don't know if you've ever watched me in a game, but I try to always give the most energy, most intensity, and sometimes mm-hmm. I come in what's called uh, flags. So, but I, but that's just my love, my passion for the game, and trying to always just make sure that I'm giving a hundred and ten percent. You know? Yeah, yeah. Uh, you always seem um, out of all the highlights I've ever watched of you, you seem like a player's player, like somebody that adds to the team whenever you're around, almost like a spark plug to that for to sure. that team. Um, so, so talk, talk about like, talk about how you got to Nebraska. So originally, you know, maybe going to Ole Miss had a quick setback. Um, like what was your journey like to get to Nebraska? Cause you came in and, and we'll get to this, but you came in under one coach and left under another one, which yeah. in the business world happens quite a bit <laughs> right. too, you know, who you're yeah. doing business with, or you might be reporting to or clients. Uh, right. We'll talk about that, but talk about right. your journey to Nebraska. Yeah. So, I mean, originally was committed to Ole Miss, uh, ended up, Tearing my knee, like uh, going into the going into probably like January of my senior year, ended up having to get surgery, tore my quad and my patella, um, and then you know all the schools kind of fell off. You know they were like, well, you know this guy isn't gonna be, really be the same. He's not gonna be able to run, be able to run the same. I had, I was hearing that from all the doctors, and so uh, my only two options pretty much were either ULM on a full ride or Air Force Academy on a full ride. And so I had the good grades uh, to be able to go to the academy, and and I just looked at it and said, well, man, I just really want to get out. Louisiana so went to the Air Force Academy was there for was there for nine months and then at the end of it you know I got the opportunity to transfer it was either I could go to the hill or I could transfer and it was like well man like at the time we were like two and ten and I kind of over marching. I'm like, man, I just want to play football. I want to be, I want to be good at football again. Bro. Like, so, you know, uh, you know, Ronnie Prue, which is kind of like an uncle to me. He's a family friend. He played at LSU when they won the national championship and was coached under Coach Bo. And so he was one of the first people I called when I got the Nebraska offer. And then after that, you know, he gave me the advice he gave me. He was like, man, if you go anywhere else, you're crazy because this man knows defense. Like, he he knows it, and so. I, I, you know, committed, came, and then, you know, the rest was history. I, I you know, I had to, you know, wait my turn. And, and my junior year, I got to play and, and did really well. And then my senior year kind of had some setbacks. But I think through it all, I learned a lot of life lessons that I still use to this day. You know what I mean? I learned that it's all about the work that you put in. And even when you put in a 1,000 hours of work, you might only get one opportunity for that whole 1,000 hours of work. And if you don't take that one opportunity that you get, it doesn't matter how much work you put in or how hard you worked. Nobody's going to feel bad for you if you don't take that one opportunity. It might be one minute, but that's the only opportunity that you have. So, Yeah. So, like, talk, talk to us about, like, what it's like transitioning from one coach to another. 
Cause mm. I, and that happens quite a bit. Like when you're an entrepreneur, you come into one situation and it may yeah. drastically change halfway through, whether yeah. it's a project or a business, like, like yeah. talk to us about what that, that transition was like. So for me, my freshman year, when, when coach Bo, cause I mean, you remember how it went, we beat Iowa at Iowa. Everybody was happy. We were all, you know, feeling good, you know, going into the bowl game, about to go play USC. And then we get a text message that Sunday is like, you know, coach Bo's fired and like, you guys can't see him anymore. Like he can't come to the campus anymore. Like, and, and I know you remember wow. that whole debacle about like how we had to have the secret meeting. Well, that, that was, we pretty much had to have that because they told us we can't see him on campus and everybody's like, well, like, he's my coach. Like, how can I not see him? Like, mm-hmm. so that, that, that whole thing kind of happened, you know, and, and, or whatever. And so when I looked at it, it was, I had the option to transfer or go somewhere else, but I, I love Nebraska for what it was and I knew what it could do if I played well, if I played well here and I did what I was supposed to do, I knew the opportunities that would come afterwards. So I just, you know, I just decided to stay. Um, and it had its, it had its positives, it had, it had its negatives, but I think it's just like anything. Like, I think even when a coach does stay, when you have a coach for a long period of time, even guys at like Alabama have highs and lows, you know? Mm-hmm. So I, I just, I just think it's how you deal with them and the, your mental capacity to deal with them. That'd be tough though to have them say that you couldn't you couldn't talk to somebody whether it's in the business world if it's your mentor growing up or whatever it is and or a coach that you're like okay he's done you can't see him anymore it's like what like what am I supposed to do <laughs> yeah like can I even say can I say bye right like, like what <laughs> can crazy. I ask where he's going right. <laughs> it's crazy so let's shift gears and talk about let's talk about your business because it has evolved quite a bit like in like just from what i noticed just as like you know uh, a casual observer like it seems like it's taken off quite a bit and like yeah. morphed and changed like most businesses do but a lot in the last year like talk yeah. to us about the 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 beginning days of faking yeah so 2018 was kind of when the idea formed was right after i graduated and i was like well man like i just really want to own something i want to do something this was in between the period of the aaf in college so i didn't really get an opportunity nfl wise for whatever reason like didn't really get a shot and then i kind of bounced around try out to try out to cfl team and i wouldn't really sticking because i was a guy that they said didn't have a position you know like i played really well at safety but they said they only had a year of tape at that and they wanted to see me at positions like Rover and star and things like that. And that was doing things that I wasn't really used to doing. It was more being a linebacker. And that's kind of like what I was doing in high school. And so they were kind of trying to take me back to that. And so I was like, well, you know what? Like just in case football doesn't work. And since then I have signed a CFL contract. I am on a team now, mm-hmm. but in that in between time, it was like, well, I need to figure something out so I can own something so I can have less stress about this game and put all of my work and my work ethic into something else while I wait and figure out what's happening with football. And so just created faking just as, just as an apparel brand. Uh, and then Chris Jones ended up wearing one of my hoodies, like one of the first hoodies that I put out, he wore it to a game and it kind of blew up. And wow. then, uh, and then, you know, kind of we, we took some time away from it. Uh, and then I went and played in the AAF and, and did my thing there. And then that whole thing kind of fell apart. Like week eight, we were supposed to play 10 games, didn't even get to finish the season. And I was faced with, okay, 
am I really going to do this fake ink thing? Or was that just something to make me some extra money a year ago? Um, and but I, I decided to dive head first into it. I invested all the leftover money that I had from the AF pretty much into the business, got a bunch of hoodies, got a bunch of wristbands, started really thinking about marketing. Like I started using the things that I had from school that I learned, you know, in journalism, mass communications, like, okay, what, what is, what's my target audience? Okay. How do I get those people? Okay. How do I build a social media following? That's before we had, you know, any of the followers and things like that, that we have now. Um, and just got super serious about it. And then got an opportunity. Chris Jones, again, my boy looked out for me. He signed with Vendor sports. He, he connected me with Gary V and that was the first person I ever gave my business pitch to, uh, other than myself in the mirror. I mean, that's a big and one. So, like the first Gary V like, what? Yeah. <laughs> that was like the first, yeah, right? Like the, first person, the first person you ever pitch your business to is Gary V, right? So, and that, and that, and it, but whatever I said, I, it was a blur. Whatever I said, it worked because he ended up, right. he, he ended up wearing one of my hoodies on the set of Jimmy Fallon a month later. And what? then after that, we had like, we had like six or $7,000 in sales and it, it just went crazy. And, and that's when the kind of the, it was like, okay, I really own a business now. And so just really started looking at it, started trying to figure out, okay, how can we do this better? What else can we do better? And then we decided in January of 2020, let's pivot to content creation because I had so many people on the team that were good at making content and we were just making it for ourselves and we would make it for people here in their businesses and, and kind of charge what we would charge, but we weren't really serious about it. We just knew we were good at it. And so we finally said, you know what, let's become an ad market agency, bro. Like we know how to make these videos. We know what we can do with social because we did it on our own. Let's start to do it for other people. Yeah. And so just started reaching out to other businesses and, and it, and it, it was organic and it worked. And, and now we're here today. And we've, we've been able to work with, you know, the Terrence Crawford of the world, the Berkshire Hathaways of the world. Uh, we've done things with Lululemon. We've done things with um, Arbonne vice presidents. And I think that just started from just that one idea of say, okay, let's just pivot. Let's do something different. Not even knowing that COVID was going to come, like right. not knowing that that shift to content creation was going to be a need. Yeah. It was just more like, okay, we're good at it, you know? So, so what about, yeah. talk about how scary that was before Gary V before Berkshire Hathaway, any of that stuff, how scary it was to put everything you had into your idea for a business that had to be terrifying. Oh, yeah, it was definitely terrifying, but it was just as terrifying the same day I decided to go to New York to, to visit, like, to for the meeting with him, you know, he gave us an option of doing it via Zoom or flying out. I only had 750 bucks to fly, and it cost me 825 Wow. So, so I think just all those times of putting it all in added up, you know, to where I could lean back and say, okay, I went all in for this, and it worked. Yeah. I ended up being broke for a couple of weeks, but it worked. This, this other thing, am I going to go all in on it or not? Because if I don't go all in on it, I'm probably going to regret it. And so we just we just always just decide to go all in every time, and I think that's added up to us being able to get to where we are. Wow. That's crazy, man. That's awesome. Congrats. So, so let's talk a little bit about – I'm not afraid of eating noodles every day. Right? <laughs> right. Yep. You got to be when you're an entrepreneur. That's right. So let, let, let's talk about the CFL um, before we go to, like, kind of the next steps of where, like, fake took. Because – so you sign with AAF, and by all accounts, like, AAF was, like, they were doing it right. Like, taking care of players. Like, for the fans, they were putting – uh, They're putting similar like players from the same school on teams. So you're like, Hey, I really want to root for like DeMornay Pearsonell yeah. and like Kyron Williams. Like, I really want them to like see them play together right. again. Right. Like, so, and that goes bust. 
Like I did, I do have your football card, like in a sealed package in my office. Like one day that's going to be in my retirement. Uh, so that goes bust. Um, and you sign with CFL and everything is like looking up, like talk to us about like, like signing with CFL and then like having it all kind of like put on pause for a little while. Yeah. So, so that was an in-between time. Like I said, in between the AAF and the CFL, like, so I ended up, so I ended up what, so the Gary thing happened October of October, 2019 in November, he wears the hoodie and then we pivot in January. So the, when we decide to pivot, I get dropped from the agency that I'm with. So the agency that I was with, uh, ended up dropping me. They were like, you know, you're, you're too old. You're not you, like, you don't have enough film. You pretty much have not played for a year at this point. Like, you know, like we're going to go ahead and move to other guys. So I ended up really representing myself all the way up until probably, probably about like, uh, what was that like March, March, April. Uh, and then that's when I got the call for the CFL and Edmonton, you know, the, the head guy over at Edmonton was like, Nick was like, Hey, you know, we've watched your film. Our coach coaches really love you. The D coordinator really loves you. That's coming in. We'd love to have you on the team. And then boom, I ended up representing myself, signed a year in an option contract. And then COVID hits like not, not even like two weeks later. So, I'm confused because even though I this is my first time representing myself, I think I made the right decision, but I don't know. And so ended up making a great decision because the, even though I lost that year, I still had my option year to pick up. And so it, 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 it kind of worked itself out. But it was really stressful. It was a hard time because I didn't know where my income was going to come from. And even though I thought it was going to be fake ink, like it's different in thinking it and then seeing that invoice. Right. Those invoice and thoughts are two different things. So, yeah. So let's talk about, let's talk about fake ink. So COVID hits, um, you, uh, you had this idea that you've been working with for, you know, a couple of years and it seems like fake ink really took a big step forward in like April, May, like over the summer, like it, it, what it sort of seemed like was like a few friends that like loved this brand and like repped it. And then it like really took off. Like I started seeing them all over the place. Like I wore mine and like people were like, Oh man, like what is that? Like, and people yeah. really started to take notice. Like, yeah. like, can you talk about like maybe your mindset? Like as you go, like as you go into summer, you don't have CFL, like, you know, that's, yeah. that's at least a year off. Like yeah. talk about your mindset and what changed going into the summer with faking. Um, so, I mean, as we all know, like social justice took a huge step this past summer. And I think that was a big thing just cause I've always been a guy that used my voice. And sometimes it like using my voice didn't always get me in the right places sometimes, but I think using my voice in this instance did, um, and just speaking up for what was right and speaking up for, for trying to push things forward and not divide people. And I think just what, what our brand speaks about real love, like we're really talking about it. We're really talking about like, it doesn't matter what color you are, how old you are, you like who you like, who you decide to date, who you decide to marry. It's really about who you are as a person and what type of person you are. Are you, are you, are you being good to one another? How are you treating one another really? And I, I think once we start to put that out to people, with the environment that we were in, we were something that people coddled to because we were a brand that was really about what we were speaking about. You know, when we had the event that we had, we had over 7,000 people come out and it's, we weren't pushing an initiative. All we were pushing was love Mm -hmm. and people took from that what they wanted to take from that. But it was, let's talk about what's right. Let's talk about what's wrong. And then let's all come together, white, black, brown, purple, and different. And, 
actually care about each other. This summer, um, you organized uh, the Not One More Life um, March. And when you talk about unity, bringing folks together, um, I was lucky enough to be at the event um, and kind of be part of something that was really special in the community and something that I think was really needed at that time. Um, and, you know, as we're talking about Eric Crouch, like Eric Crouch was right there next to you. Um, okay, you know, yeah. Like, and, and to have that kind of support out there, like talk, talk a little bit about like how you came up with the event um, and re- like really what you're hoping to get out of it. And um, you know, what, what you think you accomplished with that day? Um, so the biggest thing, so we all know just like during what happened with George Floyd and just during the world. And, and I think a lot of the problems that we've seen systemically have always been here, but I just think with, and I'm not going to say think they've always been here. I know they've always been here, but just with the access that we have to social media today, it connects the world. So now everybody has an opinion and everybody's able to say at one time collectively, Hey, this is wrong. So I think when, a large group of people and a large enough group of people were able to come out and and say, Hey, this is wrong. That allowed me to feel as a professional athlete to have a voice. Like I felt like I've always been that 53rd man on that 53 man roster. And so I can't really use my voice because I'm afraid that the owner might say this or that the, the, the GM might say this. And then now I can't really speak how I want to speak. But I think, with the platform that we've been given and, and more guys stepping out in, in WNBA stepping out doing what they're doing, LeBron stepping out doing what he's doing, and then all NFL teams stepping out, I was able to have that confidence enough to say, okay, I really want to use my voice. I want to do it right. And so that led to the idea of having um, – having a march that coincided with the Black Lives Matter march. Now, originally the Black Lives Matter Black, Black Lives Matters march, um, there was a lot of energy around it and it wasn't all positive energy and there was talks of, you know, things coming to a head that day. And once I kinda heard that I was like, nah, bro, like that's not even where we're at right now. Like like those days before where you where things were being burned down and, and all that, like I don't knock it. Like to be honest, like we were years and years away from that happening. But at that moment, like we were in a time of healing. We were in a time of coming together because yeah, everything had been burned down, but let's not, let's not take it another week. Let's actually start getting some action because people are paying attention now. And so my biggest thing was, okay, how do we turn that anger one into action, but also that anger into love and bringing people together. And so that's kind of where the not one more life you know, March idea came from, and then we just went to work on it. So I had some help from Virginia Hill, the members of the Black Lives Matter community, um, students at UNL, uh, obviously Eric Crouch and Ron Brown, um, and just some local help as well, just with different businesses. And we were able to put that thing on. And I think it accomplished exactly what we were trying to do. It, it showed that black, white, brown, and different, that we could all come together and just – be together and enjoy it and have music and have food and have games. Like a lot of that stuff I didn't even plan. Like I didn't know that there were going to be a a huge pit out with food for people. Like I didn't even know that all I knew was, okay, we're going to bring these speakers out here and we're going to play these speakers as loud as we want, as loud as we can with gospel music and with different happy sounding songs and bring these people together. So that's pretty incredible. It was awesome. Yeah. As a, as a Lincoln resident, Nebraska lifer, uh, it was needed and we appreciate you put it in together. I appreciate that. 
You know, we uh, and we, we try to ask a couple of uh, similar questions to all of our guests, and one of them, it's kind of, I don't know, a couple things. Let me go back for a second, because I have a, a analogy between being on a team and being an owner of a business. And personally, when I was, I've been part of a team my entire life, I've never been a business owner until two years ago, and started um, our company, and then we became part of Herdat. But one of my biggest challenges was to let things go and not do everything. And I'm how being part of a team, because you can't be the quarterback and the center and the punter, and it, you can't be all that. You have to trust other people. Was it something that came, was it easy when you started a business, when you knew you were going to go potentially to the CFL and play? Like, man, I still have this business I have to run. I have to trust everybody else to run my business for me. Was that tough? Yeah. Yeah, it it was definitely tough. And it was even some times where, you know, like I had people on my team who wanted to take the idea and build their own business with it. And so I dealt with that and I dealt with learning. That's why I learned about paperwork and I learned about agreements and contracts and things like that. Um, and then, you know, I had the, the idea that, Hey, I, w- I don't want to miss a step. So I need to put all of these different people in, in into positions. And then that didn't work because then it was, too much type of different communication. So I think it just took some time to figure it out. And now we have a good system. We have five people that we can count on include or six people, including myself. Um, but it just took time to figure out that process. And it, and I think the biggest thing for me was slowing down and not trying to do everything at one time, not trying to put everybody in position at one time, mm-hmm. because you want to see that finished product. But sometimes like you might only have a good digital designer right now. You might not have a good photographer, but you have a damn good digital designer. Mm-hmm. So how about you just put that emotion, that energy, that love your, that time into that digital designer until somebody who is a good photographer or whoever comes into that space and boom, now you can show them love instead of trying to, force these different people into these positions that they probably aren't that's good advice. naturally built for. That's good yeah. advice. Yeah. But, and what about yeah. uh, being part of the Nebraska football community? Um, how has that helped your business? Ha- have you seen it? The fact that you were a former Husker, has it, has that helped your business at all? So I'm not going to be a guy to sit here and lie. I mean, I, I put Kyron, <laughs> Kyron Williams, former Hell yeah, Nebraska you safety in all of my emails. <laughs> <laughs> In all of my emails, Eric, especially it's when funny. I first started. I don't- Eric Crouch said the same thing. Eric Crouch is like, come on, man. Um, Eric Crouch, you know, come on. <laughs> like, I mean, you know, it's just a couple words, but those couple words can make the yes or the no. So. <laughs> That's awesome. Last question for you. What's next for Kyron Fake Inc.? What, what's the future hold for you? Um. So right now, um, we're working with a company over in Spain. I'll actually be making the move over there within the next probably year or so. Like after I get done, well, after I get done with this season, I'm going to be over in Spain, just pretty much my whole off season. And then I'll be transitioning, moving pretty much exclusively to Spain, um, working and, and just, just still trying to build a business. Like I really want to go international. I just really want to keep growing. I really want to keep growing with the companies that we're working with. So the, the idea is just growth, um, continuing to work in the community, continuing to work with the Sienna Francis house and continuing to work with thirst project and not forgetting that the whole reason that we started was to give back. Um, so that's, that's just kind of what the plan is. I plan on going, going and balling out, winning the great cup and then uh, making that NFL dream come true. Cause I think a lot of people forgot that I play football. So I think it's time for me to remind people. Too, so. <laughs> right. That's yeah, something right. <laughs> I love about the Nebraska community. Like you said, you always mention it and you should, because the Nebraska fans, people in the state love to support their own. 
And so that's really cool, man. I'm proud of you, and you've done a great thing. You've done some really great things. Appreciate that. Yep. Well, we were a fan of yours on the field. We will be a fan of yours off the field. We appreciate the time today. Good luck. Go Big Red. We'll always be here for you, sir. Thank you for taking the time. All right. Love, man. Appreciate y'all. Thank y'all so much. And this is the best podcast out right now. Y'all need to tune into it. Peace out. A Huda Media Production.